girl, Brie Undeniably, and you are tuned into my new speaker series, Deep Conversations with Dope Individuals, where we're discussing development, decision-making, and dedicating our life to purpose. You are here with one of my special guests. His name is Thomas Pierce, and he is a Philadelphian living in California, where he works on the business development team at a Silicon Valley robotics company. He holds a BA in organizational sciences in German from the George Washington University and is the captain of the San Francisco Fog rugby team. His podcast, the Bro Nouveau podcast, promotes healthy masculinity by modeling how to hold space and discussing topics that men are typically conditioned to ignore. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brie. Thanks for having me. Excited to, to talk with you today. Of course. I'm uh, really happy to have you. I shout out to Podmatch. Um, love to plug them if they are the ones who connected us. So um, as I've told everyone here already, Podmatch is a source that connects podcasters and guests. And actually, um, Thomas and I are doing a bit, of, a bit of a pod swap, which is awesome. I think it's so cool so we can help each other come on as guests on each other's shows as well as host each other on each other's shows. So Thomas, we're very happy to have you here. In the counselor community, what we do is we like to meet our clients where they're at. Um, and I like to do the same thing on my podcast. So as a guest of the podcast, I'd love to meet you where you're at and let us know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks for asking me to share a bit. So I'd say right now, my mindset is pretty focused on self-improvement. I think I uh, I have been thinking a lot about specifically like society and culture and the masculinity conversation from the, you know, the theme of the show, right? That's kind of what I've been, the space I've been in for the last like six months with my podcast and talking about that. And I love that topic, but I also realize that I think one of the other things that as far as my self-improvement and my interests has always been having, having varied interests and kind of having a lot of intellectual diversity. Mm -hmm. So actually I've been thinking recently about having, other types of guests on the show too, just about random stuff like astronomy, whatever, you know, I'm interested in at the moment, because I think that as far as creating value for people, you know, just being a well-rounded person is, is a value for, for everyone. And also kind of thinking about other ways to model, you know, wholesome masculinity. I think just kind of being a well-rounded, interesting person is also part of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like, um, I'm, I'm very much in a similar space right now, making uh, a transition in the podcast where at first um, it was really just me speaking. That was the Brie undeniably piece. Um, and then I realized, you know, as I started one, well, as I continue to form my own business and practice around this whole thing, um, I realized that I was also sort of my ideal client. And uh, that's kind of how I've transitioned into the entrepreneurial space but still trying to stick to the psychology roots, you know, and still try to get to, you know, the development and the decision-making, which brings out a lot of psychological processes. But um, I have sort of made a transition in my podcast as well, which I think is healthy for growth of the podcast. You know, I, that is, uh, that's how you keep it moving. And especially if the host is interested, you know, it's, it is, you are the one running the show literally. So that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to to broaden the expansion of the show if that's what you're thinking about doing. Yeah, for sure. Because I think also people, 
ultimately go to somebody's program if they kind of trust their judgment on what topics and what to listen to right and yes it is a it is a pretty cool thing you know to someone's like letting us curate what goes in their brain mm-hmm. that's kind of a big deal <laughs> it really is and the way that you say it like that is it's so true like you're people are trusting us to give them information that they're in taking and internalizing and I know for for you and for your podcast, really kind of talking about healthy masculinity, or I, I liked how you said wholesome masculinity. I think that's a great way to, to describe it. Uh, it's a super important discussion to have. I know, actually, I'd love to jump into that more, really, um, your story behind starting the podcast and go a little bit more in depth there, because I think that'll bring us down the path sort of towards that development decision-making. And we can also uh, really learn about that specific topic that you have been able to go full force into. Yeah. So it started about last, last spring, kind of as, as like the national conversation around social justice kicked up again. And I was thinking about how could I kind of participate in some kind of tangible way. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that I always had this kind of interest in starting a podcast and hosting conversations. And I thought about, you know, what kind of audience do I have access to? It's going to be people that look like me, you know, so like white men, a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, if I think about who, who can I reach in my initial like audience outreach, it's, that's what was going to be my peer group. So with that, I realized that I could kind of combine an interest I've had for a long time in, you know, having a podcast and using a platform to create that kind of space that I'm interested in and, and curate a, a vibe, if you will. And then, uh, <laughs> and then combine it with, you know, kind of ideas around just exposing people that may not have thought about ideas, like, you know, the fundamentals of identity and how does identity intersect with our lived experiences and what is individuals individuals responsibility in that where do they fit into that whole paradigm and how can people participate in a solution if they feel like there's a problem and and then also what are the downsides of that what are the you know what are the downsides of like the kind of the woke narrative and the things that are being pushed from the top that aren't always helpful either you know it's it's a really nuanced thing right so that was kind of the the start of it as kind of a motivation and then I think as it's evolving, I'm realizing that it's not one of those things that there's like a quick answer to. I think it's kind of more of an integrated situation where, you know, someone's identity as a man is so like it crosses over all other aspects of their lives. And it's kind of, I think, some, to talk about it and figure it out, we have to kind of think about all the different aspects of people's lives, right? It's not like it's it's um kind of so big of a topic that it becomes abstract trying to talk about just that without realizing that it's also encompasses like everyday life and all the all other aspects of someone's life if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean it it definitely is a compounded topic you know because you think about any human being is it layered in trillions and trillions of 
daily, weekly, monthly, yearly interactions with others and with themselves and with the world and with the environment. So, you know, if we, if we think of ourselves sort of as, as a compilation of zillions, I don't even know what, what the number is, but of interactions in our lifetimes and how each one of those interactions, I mean, we, we probably have thousands of interactions a day. And when I say interactions, I really do mean like, you know, whether it's talking to ourselves, talking to others, you know, how we interact with the environment around us are, you know, walking down the street, that's considered an interaction, so to speak. And if we think of ourselves as a compilation of just in a day, thousands of interactions, and how we internalize that, and how that becomes like a part of our fabric, and then we externalize it, and how it becomes a part of how others see our fabric, I can imagine that the conversation around, you know, sort of untangling someone's masculine characteristics or masculinity as a whole, or any, any type of characteristic of us, of the sort could be a very, very, very complex and drawn out conversation. Yeah. And also it's, it's another part of it that has come up a lot is that we have identified things that are bad about, or not bad, but ways that masculinity can go wrong, right? So with, mm-hmm. you know, the proverbial toxic masculinity. So I don't need to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I think that uh, is kind of a more interesting conversation is say we were to kind of redesign how we raise boys and how we model what you know, a good man looks like. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a much richer conversation because it's been lost a little bit somehow. And, and I mean, saying it was lost implies that it was there at some time. Maybe it was, I don't, I don't know. But I think that's more fruitful because if we can identify characteristics and traits and behaviors that we would want to see in, you know, the men of tomorrow, I think that's really useful because you know, I'm not an educator, but, or a parent, but when I, if that time comes having that handy would be great. And yeah. also it can give me and then other people who are interested kind of a, something to work towards. Right. So, you know, things I observed in my own relationship, for example, would be around being really selfish, right? Like, you know, ironically enough, despite this like thing that I like to talk about and have this program, you know, in, in my relationship with my girlfriend, we, had a you know come to jesus recently with a lot of like kind of a new level of honesty which is great Hmm. but i really you know realized like oh my gosh i've been like so deeply selfish in many many ways and that was a hard thing to swallow and that was a hard thing to to admit and acknowledge you know yeah well thank you for sharing that one i know i know vulnerability is it's the place that is probably most difficult for us to really lean into, but then we lean into it and um, it's, it's almost freeing in a sense. Um, So the vulnerability of you just speaking on it, but the vulnerability of you actually leaning into that um, with your girlfriend as well. I know that's, that's not easy. Kind of like seeing our blind spots and then wondering how we've been blind to them for so long can be a, a really hard hard reality to come to about yourself. Um, no one likes to, likes to know if they've, you know, been doing something maybe that 
not necessarily that is wrong, but that might not be serving others in the way that you thought you were serving others or serving yourself in the way that you thought you were serving yourself. So I, I understand that, that that can be super difficult, but it's also how you, how you move from it. You know, how did you even come to sort of going there with your girlfriend? Like, what was that process? Yeah. Well, first we broke up. Okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> that can lead to a lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, tough, obviously, but actually necessary. Yeah. And then a friend sent me this exercise of completing a relationship, Hmm. which was pretty cool. So it was a bit of a step-by-step that anyone can do either in a current relationship or after one has ended. And it can be done with the person who was your partner or is your partner or with a friend as a stand-in. And so the first step is to state resentments. Hmm. So that was where that feedback came in. Wow. So yeah. that, yeah. So, so that, that's actually <laughs> step, step one, <laughs> name the thing that is, that is causing the problem. Essentially yeah. that's yeah. honestly though, the directness of that exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone listening, I don't even know what the next steps are, but if you're finding that you're in a tough place in a relationship or a place that, you know, growth could growth could be found state resentment or make sure the other person is ready though, maybe, or make sure they know that, you know, you're going, you're going into that, but wow. Yeah. That can bring up a whole lot of stuff that super brave sat there and she just lay into me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was, it was mutual, obviously, but not mutual, but we, we both had things that we needed to share. Right. Yeah. But it was cool. It was really cool because the, the process was tough, but I think the thing that kept us together or kind of brought us back together was that we realized kind of how special it was that we could both go through that. And as individuals had the humility to want to do that and give each other the respect and the the closure at the start. Um, the next step was to apologize for things. So yeah. You know, a lot of the same items that came up in resentments were apologies, but there are other things too, like little, little things that we might have forgotten about, or things I had forgotten about that she remembered and felt that were wrong, mm-hmm. and were hurtful rather. And another thing, this kind of about the masculinity piece, right? So, you know, I, I kind of view myself as a kind of an in between, if you will, or like, like obviously, you know, I have this sensitive side and I have this communication side but I'm also still you know a rugby player and like still I still am very much like holding on to my masculinity in the sense of like being a man and like being like a tough guy whatever that means and so for me to admit some of these things and to say hey that time actually really hurt me and Mm. (laughs) even though it's a year ago I'm still thinking about it and it's so that was huge for me And, and I think there are probably different levels to people's vulnerability, right? So like for me to get on here and talk about this isn't a big step for whatever reason, but for someone else it may be. But for me, that was a massive step in that moment, you know, to with my with my partner to admit that this thing that happened a long time ago actually really hurt me and I still am holding on to it. And so that was like, I was afraid. I was more afraid to do that piece than to like hear her resentments or admit my own faults, which wow. I found pretty interesting. 
Yeah. And I, you know, you're speaking to something that's, that's really important in, in the fact that with everything that you are doing, um, in, in your podcast, like for that mission of your podcast, um, you kind of sort of did your, you had your own, um, not experiment, but, but your own process that you had to go through as well, but it sort of realizing that it's not the same for everyone. Like what, what might be your fear or what might feel, um, intimidating. Yeah. Intimidating. That that's exactly what I'm looking for. What might feel intimidating for you, or it might feel threatening to your masculinity might be different for another man. And I think that that is super interesting just to, you know, to use yourself as, you know, one of the people who's, who's also, you know, going through the process, you're practicing what you preach, so to speak. Um, and you're understanding things about yourself that you might not have understood prior to any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> we can take that um, and maybe just transition a little bit into your podcast, your audience, um, what you're doing to develop it. So I know we were there speaking on that a little bit before, but what is, what would you say is like the goal, your overall goal of the podcast, the conversations, you know, in, in, you know, the, in the entrepreneurial space, what do you want to achieve with what you're doing? So the first goal is to get this, get through a year of episodes. Okay. I'm pretty, you know, I have a, a job as well. So, and I have, you know, I'm feeling pretty energized around my job right now. And there's a lot of opportunity there. So that's kind of, as far as entrepreneurial goals, it's just consistency right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, at first, like I said, it was the, it was the year, but I'm probably going to bump it up to two years now just because of, it's been like six months and it's going well, because I think that as far as building a relationship with an audience, it takes time. Right. And, you know, I work in sales, so I've learned that with trying to sell things is that duration and consistency are really important. And maybe the first time somebody comes by a product, whether so it's if it's my podcast in this case, maybe they'll see it. Oh, that's cool. And they won't think about it again for six months or it'll be a long time before they check back on it. So I think long term, I want to evolve it into a coaching, a dating business, a coaching business for men. awesome yeah for sure so for guys kind of like intimidated socially or who need some help kind of greasing the wheels to communicate and talk to people uh or for guys who kind of always had it easy and never evolved past the kind of being a scumbag approach um yeah <laughs> <laughs> two can, sides of the spectrum yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i think i can i can speak to both of those audiences having you know dabbled in both you could say like uh, when i was single i you know it was, it was fun this is this is another interesting topic too so i there was a good like three years living out here in that nsf where i was single and i knew I didn't want to be with anyone or have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I always communicate that up front, right? Which is good on yep. paper. That's, that's great. Absolutely. But I think that what happened over and over and over and over and over again 
was that I would get the feedback from these women that like, yeah, you say you don't want anything, but you act really sweet and you like bring me flowers and you like say stuff mm. that's like not cool to say if you don't actually mean it. And again, that was like a huge evolution point for me and, and admitting that like, okay, like just because I say and I, and I communicate early on that I don't want a relationship doesn't absolve me from doing things that imply the opposite subconsciously because we all operate off of instinct and pheromones and nonverbal communication. And that was a big thing for me too, to, to be like, okay, dude, like <laughs> this whole like shtick you have going on about being like the communication guy is kind of bullshit. If you're not living it out, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I, you know, I definitely know men who have received yeah. this feedback too. Like this is not uh this is definitely something that happens where it's like, you have it in your head that you don't want this thing, but then your actions are confusing, <laughs> confusing, you know, women or men or whoever's on the other side of the relationship are like, wait a second, this is, I'm very confused. These are mixed signals. You're saying you don't want anything, but you're doing all the things that a loving partner would do. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely a great topic to broach. Wow. For sure. And you know, I never, I never squared that circle because I would be interested to, to work with someone or just talk, have a friend who's still doing that and mm -hmm. figure out how to do it right. Because I think there is space for that. Like, for sure, there are a lot of people who are down with the casual dating, but how does someone who like is a big love ball or like fuzzball or whatever, <laughs> like have that lifestyle that I want and then also not hurt someone else? You know, I, and this is definitely not the solution, but maybe that upfront conversation, like if you're able to name that you don't want a relationship, maybe you should also name your behavior in the beginning. Like, Hey, you know, I'm not in the market to be in a full-time relationship right now. However, I want you to be warned. I do still, I, I am still super affectionate and I just, you know, but I'm, but this is casual for me. I like maybe like naming it in a longer yeah. way, you yeah. know, really saying like, I don't want to hurt you. I want to make sure that me being loving and affectionate is not confused for me wanting a long-term relationship. And I think, I think women or men, or again, whoever is on the other side of that relationship receiving that would thank the other person for, for mm -hmm. that honesty, though it can be tough to hear like, uh, if they wanted something long-term or they thought that, you know, it could be something else, but that truth will set you free. It really will. So maybe just a longer truth telling yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a good call. And then the other thing too, that I, I kind of identified along the way was that there comes a point where the person that is, I was dating, not any individual, but in general mm -hmm. is responsible for their own shit. Right. So like, I remember specifically there was, there was one gal I was seeing who she wanted something more, mm -hmm. but would still kind of bring me along to hang out. And we, we, like, we identified the friction point of like, she wanted more. I wasn't ready. I wasn't there, but then she would keep basically inviting me along to hang out and be present. And it just kind of continued this friction point. And I was like, well, I'm getting what I want from this but you're not. 
So yeah. I think I'm going to have to say, let's not do this anymore because it's not good for you, you know? But then in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't have to do that. Why do you have, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, do you, why are you having to call it out? Yeah. It's a, it's almost like, like she was here or, you know, saying she's hearing what you, what you're saying, but trying to change your mind, you know, but yeah, maybe like, that was it. Yeah. Ho- hoping that, you know, <laughs> bringing you along is going to either change your mind or, you know, something in her mm-hmm. is going to change. But I totally agree that, uh, there's an ownership in both places in the relationship. There has to be, but mm-hmm. it's definitely noble for you to communicate your needs one or communicate, you know, what you're feeling, but also, you know, to communicate if you think you're hurting the other one. I mean, I know, I don't think that's your responsibility either, but I think that's a, that's a noble move to actually be able to see that and call it out and be like, listen, like, I'm not trying to be selfish here either, you know, and, and that's, that could be what you were feeling. So kudos to you for doing nice, that, thanks. but yeah, of course, but yeah. Uh, own your shit is, it's <laughs> 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 really what yeah. we need to, uh, call out there. Yeah. Um, man, there's yeah. so many dynamics that we could talk about. There are so many different, <laughs> <laughs> different ways that this is playing yeah. out. And I'm, I'm just thinking right now, like <laughs> it would actually be fun to host a dating podcast because this is, this is some interesting stuff right here. I mean, it is. Oh shit! Future show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'd but, be dope. But, right. Some some type of bring bring relationships on, do the, or just people you know going through it or been through it. Everyone's got a relationship story, or most people. Yeah. Uh, so un- untangling sure. that, there's definitely the, content. This has all evolved too recently. Like like I think when we even did our alignment call, like we were still broken up, my, my girlfriend and I. Mm, okay. You know, oh, wow. So it all happened really quickly. And that's another interesting thing too, I learned about recently. And I think this is all like fits because it fits into the whole like evolved masculinity thing because we had to think a lot about like, how do we do this right? How do we not just repeat the same behaviors and right hold each other accountable and ourselves accountable for not bringing the same shit to the party. And one of the questions that really hit me hard was how have I healed or sorry, what was, what are the patterns that I brought or, you know, how did I, what did I bring to the, the pattern of destructive behavior or negative behavior in in the first iteration and how have I healed that part of me to not do it again? Mm. You know, and that was like, shit. Like, damn it. (laughs) That is complex. Oh, I feel like there's like a knife going into my chest right now. Just like hearing that, like, oh no, I got to talk about this. Like, how have I, how have I destructed this? And, and because of that, how am I going to heal myself? So I stop destructing this. Wow. That is a heavy one. Yeah. Super heavy. It's cool, right? Cause it's like, well, if you want to be good to myself and her and do this right, you know, it's kind of like we have to we have to get through that. So, mm. yeah, it was really good. I mean, I think that a lot of lessons and but I think it was good as far as to the, like kind of checked me and kind of re-energized me for my own personal self-improvement, but also my show and 
the conversations because it showed me that like there really is so much in in as far as different avenues of self improvement and mm-hmm. it seems to me that the deeper one goes the kind of more infinite paths open up yeah so, yeah that's kind of where I'm at with that uh, feeling pretty excited about it that's so great to hear and there's a few things that you're, that you're kind of speaking on that I want to highlight because I think like the communication the communication is so incredibly important and it's almost like it seems like on this list that you went down and this is this is really no matter what relationship you're in you know it could be a romantic relationship but it can also be a family relationship and family friendships work relationships um just sort of i call it like naming and claiming you know like communicating your piece and also claiming it as yours like this is my responsibility mm-hmm. in this and and really making that communication clear and i th- i think that's that's something that in all of my relationships and i i am in a serious and committed relationship right now um and we've worked on this too and talked about it too but i i value that communication piece just about over everything i think that trust is part of that communication i think everything falls under uh and this could be the counselor in me but i don't know what's in your head and i will never know what's in your head unless you clearly and directly communicate it with me because as we've already talked about signs can get crossed mixed mm-hmm. signals you know non-verbal communication like that is not um as direct and nonverbal com- communication is great but again you know you were saying if you don't know if you that you're in a committed relationship nonverbal communication can get really murky and i think it's like that that actual verbal communicative behavior that opens up the door for everything else you know name and claim this is it but I mean, there's, there's just, I could go down the rabbit hole. There's, <laughs> there's so many things yeah. that we could talk about, but I, I really appreciate you kind of diving into the personal stuff here on the podcast, because you're letting us know actually how it's developing you professionally and what it's doing for your entrepreneurial journey and, you know, how it is shifting that because you're doing the work on the back end. And that's something that I really try to connect for people. That's actually, uh, I have a rapid fire question round that you're about to go through (laughs) and uh, it's going to come up there, but yeah, it's going to come up there because it's, um, that's something that I really try to, I guess, let people know again with myself as, as the client avatar, like I am doing this here in real time, um, trying to develop a brand and a business, but also, you know, doing my personal work sort of out in the open. But yeah, I think that those things are so intertwined and so important to remember that they remain connected, that like what's happening in your work life, whether it's um, a job outside of something that you're pursuing yourself or something that you are pursuing yourself, what's happening in your personal life is directly affected, um, indirectly indirectly affected as well, but it's directly affected to the work that you're doing. Um, So I just think that that's really cool that you're able to sort of use your personal journey as a guiding force for your professional journey. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. So we are kind of closing in on time here. I want to do a couple things. Um, I want to go through our rapid fire question round. It's just this or that. So it'll be quick. Um, And then I want, you know, you to leave listeners with whatever 
sort of last words uh, you want to leave them with, and then also let everyone know where they can find you and we'll close it out. So rapid fire, this is directly related to the three topics that I said that I hoped we discussed in the podcast today, which I think we did. That's development, decision-making and dedicating yourself to purpose. So development, currently, are you working more on personal development or professional development? Pretty split even right now. Mm. Okay. And they're interconnected, as you said. Yeah, they are. (laughs) You know, I should, I should have given my spiel. No, no one gets that before (laughs) prior to (laughs) you got the cheat code. Um, I, I love, (laughs) I love that though. Uh, split down the middle. That's actually what I hope people say, because it really Mm. is, or a hundred percent of both, you know, you, you won the game there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Decision-making. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a a brief explanation before you answer. So decision-making, do you base your decisions or do you make your decisions more on choice or guiding voice? Guiding voice can be intuition, spirituality, or anything else in between. So do you make the, Mm. are you drawn, is the decision, does it come to you or you go to it basically? Mm. I definitely have a strong intuition Mm -hmm. and I definitely trust my gut. Okay. Which I really, I really value. However, as I get older, I am relying more on the rational mind especially with decisions that affect like long-term things. So if it's something like easy, like socially what to do or with friendships, I don't overthink friendships too much with people. I go off of intuition. I have, a, I have that radar dialed in like, if, and, and, but I think with things like career, you know, business strategy work and things that are really important, I, I kind of try to lean more on the rational mind and, go a logical path over an emotional one. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you are more choice than guiding voice, but kind of split as well. You're, you know, you're really nailing these questions and it's not <laughs> <laughs> definitely giving, uh, you know, almost, I feel like I'm, I'm speaking to another counselor. Like you, you definitely have the, Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it a long time being really? a, a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, I did like a, a pretty deep dive on the different paths to licensure and degrees and all that. And I still might in the future. I mean, who knows? Hey, well, I mean, either way, I feel like you are doing a therapeutic work in, in your own regard, you know, and and Mm -hmm. and helping men um, with, you know, navigating who they are and how they express that. So, Hey, I think you're, you're doing, you're doing something in the path, which is pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The last one, um, dedicating yourself to purpose. Is this a singular moment in time or a daily practice? Daily practice for sure. Daily practice. I had a, I had a guy on my show, Kushal, who's a legend. I should I should sit him up with you. I would love. He's to. really cool. Yeah. So he, I have a breathwork practice that I do, and um, uh, a friend from that community set me up with him. He's a instructor. Uh, a breathwork and meditation instructor and he made a comment that really stuck with me about these endeavors of self-improvement are kind of daily tiny changes you know infinitesimal and in in very small increments Mm -hmm. so in the day-to-day we're not going to see the or feel the differences but after committing to it as a daily practice 
looking back over the course of a year, five years, 15 years, that's when we can see, wow, this was really impactful and really changed me, you know, in a substantive way. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of is like little habits. And for me, like self-improvement journey, that's kind of where it's new as far as being consistent with that kind of thing. And, but I've seen the results in other areas of my life, like with uh, fitness, for example, like I'm an athlete and I've always been blessed to have that motivation to stay fit and get fit. And once I made that mindset change in like eighth grade or whatever, now, you know, it's been, it's been a minute and I'm like, yeah, like I've seen the results of if I monitor my diet and stay active and stay fit and stay motivated to work out, you know, I'm going to see the changes I want in my health. And so it's kind of like having that prior example motivates me to try it with other areas of my, of myself. I love that. And it's, it's so true too, that it's the, the small daily things that we do that compound and really make the massive change. And you, you nailed it. I use fitness as, as an example so often that, you know, we can go get a crazy workout in the gym and, and spend three hours there, but we're not gonna see the results today. We're not gonna see the results tomorrow. We'll see very small results in several weeks from now. And that's if, you know, that's from just daily consistency. So you never see those results right away. And it's, it really is that consistent practice, that perseverance and um, resilience within it all that will um, make major changes. So definitely uh, connect me with that friend as well. I would love to have him on the podcast mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. So, um, as we wrap up, why don't, I'm going to sort of give you the floor one more time for you to leave listeners with, uh, your last, your final thoughts, whatever those might be, and then let everyone know where they can find you. Okay. So I'll speak to the men. So being a good person has a rational benefit, even if you're not motivated to be a good person, because if somebody doesn't really care, isn't motivated by an altruistic sense of making the world better or being kinder to themselves and others, you still have to be social and nice to people if you want to get anywhere in life. So ultimately, even if you're not motivated to improve yourself or be a nice guy for altruistic reasons, you're going to have a wider social network, more job opportunities, better relationships at work. And I would say you're going to make more money in the long run if you're actually social, kind, and help people along the way. So I just want to put that out there that there are people in the world who don't necessarily care about being a nice person and that's fine, but also it'll still benefit them financially and from a network perspective in the long run, if they just fake it and actually be nice to people. Right. That <laughs> kindness actually does pay off. It's, that's really powerful. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Cause I feel like I kind of get, you know, in my bubble about, Oh, everyone's so great. No, people suck. And that's okay, yeah. you know, but if they should still try to be nice to people for, for these reasons. <laughs> I totally agree. I could not agree more. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I think that is, those are perfect last words, especially um, given everything that, that you are working on. Um, that's, that is definitely a great message. Um, and where can everyone find you? Website, social networks, wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. Whatever podcast you use, Bro Nouveau, B-R-O-N-O-U. V-E-A-U at Bro Nouveau Pod on Instagram. And my website just is an index of episodes. So bronouveau.com. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Brie. It was an absolute pleasure to, to chat with you this morning and start my day with a nice conversation. And I look forward to having you on the flip on uh, my program.
Awesome. Yes. I'm so happy. Thank you for coming. Seriously. Um, this has been definitely an enriching conversation. I know my listeners are going to get so much value from it and I look forward to uh, joining you on your podcast as well. Um, as I end all my episodes until next time, let this be the moment. <laughs>